Jesus, in your name, we ask that you would intervene. In your name, we ask that you would move. In your name, we ask for a miracle for family members who are hurting right now. That we, we ask that your spirit would go to them and your spirit would help them to know that, that you care and that they could be comforted. Jesus, I pray this for soldiers, veterans who are remembering people they've lost. I pray this for family members who are thinking about their soldier who didn't come home. Thinking about families in Texas and families all over the world who have lost people just this week who are grieving. Thinking about people who have lost people years ago, but it still hurts. Jesus, intervene in your name and do a miracle. We trust you for this. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, do me a favor. Um, before you sit down, I want you to, to turn to somebody around you, somebody you see next to you, and I just want you to greet them and say hello to them, all right? So take, take a minute or two and do that. So 11.30 hour, how y'all doing today? You guys good? It's good, it's good to see you guys. I wanna welcome you guys here. And if you're new with us, my name's Josh. I'm one of the pastors and um, excited. Thank you, all right? Appreciate that. It's always good seeing you guys and, and just being, being here with you. Um, if you are new, we're not gonna ask anything of you. We're, we're just gonna simply encourage you to, to come, to get connected, um, that maybe stop by the Connect Corner or the New Here tent or anything like that because we, we'd love just to, just to help you along your journey and help you find what matters. That's, as a church, that's really what we're all about is we just wanna help people find what matters. And, and, and as I'm starting today, I'm excited because I'm looking around the room and I'm seeing a couple college kids that have been gone all year and you're back, all right? So it's good to, good to see some of you guys that are, that are back in our midst. And, um, and, and I wanna take a moment. Um, we don't do this often, but, but I wanna remind everybody during this service that this is the service that we translate uh, into Spanish. So while I'm talking right now, um, there are two ladies and a gentleman right behind that wall translating everything I say. Um, and can, could you all just do me a favor and just thank them for that? So they can't, well, they, they can't really see you because they're behind that wall, but they can see me. So thank you, okay? Um, I try to say it in Spanish, but I'd fail. So just thank you, okay? Um, but anyway, uh, I'm just excited about this hour. Always love our 1130. And, and excited about wrapping up this, this series. And I hope that you've liked this series, Looking for a Miracle. I hope it's been um, just a... a, a a series that you have enjoyed and, and maybe has done some things. I know personally, I've, I get the opportunity of talking with people in the lobby and hearing all kinds of stories and testimonies. And, and I've heard people talk about, you know, how they had a family member with cancer who was doing much better. 
uh, that, that I've heard about um, uh, a daughter with a heart problem that no longer has a heart problem. Uh, we've heard about medical things like that. We've heard about little things like this, that there were some mamas who needed some formula bad because their children didn't have anything to eat. And all of a sudden formula showed up. All right. And, and as guys, a lot of times we probably don't follow the news when it comes to formula. I know I don't. So when they were telling me that, I was like, is that a big deal? They said, Josh, it's obvious you're not a woman. I said, true. <laughs> and then I don't have little kids at home. But it truly was a miracle in the way that God was able to supply some mamas um, just with some formula f for some babies who had some um, dietary needs, all right? So God's been doing miracles throughout this series, which I'm excited about. Yet when you hear that, you at the same time might say, yes, that's great, praise God, but I got a problem. I'm still waiting on mine, right? Like you might be hitting, sitting there going, I'm glad everybody else is finding their miracle, but I'm still sitting here waiting on my miracle. That, that the bank account is still a little bare. Uh, the, the, the medical diagnosis is still the medical diagnosis. The, 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 the finger still doesn't have a ring on it, right? Whatever it might be, whatever that miracle is that you're looking for, you might say, I'm waiting it's almost like you might be going, any day, Jesus, any day, you can show up, right? You ever been there? I mean, it's okay. It's okay. And, and I, I will say this, that today's message is really about the waiting. That, that, that as we wrap up the series, Looking for a Miracle, we could probably just change the title to Waiting on a Miracle, because maybe that's where you're at today. And fortunately for us, there's a great story in scripture about some people who were not only looking for a miracle, but they were also waiting on the miracle. And we can see from their story how it can apply and affect us today. So if it's okay with you, I'm just going to simply tell you a story. Is that okay? Can I just tell you a story? It's like story time with Josh, all right? Get you a cup of coffee, maybe a, pop of, uh, a thing of popcorn, whatever you want. There's pretzels with peanut butter in the back. I just ate a bunch. Allison, just go on back there. They're back there, okay? Um, but, but I just want to tell you a story, and you'll find the story in John chapter 11. And the reason I'm not going to just read it is it's like it's the whole chapter. All right, so if you have your Bible, if you have the Rock app, you can just go to John 11. Tomorrow, if you're on the quest plan with us, then you're gonna be reading from John 11. So let me just start by telling you the story. And here's how it goes. It says there was a man named Lazarus, and he was sick. And he was the brother of Mary and Martha. Now, Mary was the one who later on anointed the feet of Jesus with very expensive perfume. Because that Lazarus was sick, Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus, and they said, Jesus, the friend who you love. Like, like I love how they, they said that. The friend who you love, he is sick, and he needs you. Come and heal him. Yet Jesus stayed where he was for two more days. And then eventually, he looked at his disciples and said, hey, guys, let, let's go to Judea. 
And his disciples are like, um, time out, teacher. Last time you were in Judea, they wanted to stone you. They wanted to kill you. And we're not really in the mood to die today, so let's stay here. And he said, well, no, Lazarus is asleep. We need to go to Judea. And they said, but, but if he's asleep, well, that means he's gonna get better. And Jesus said, no, when I mean he's asleep, I mean he's dead. And for your sake, I'm glad, because now finally you will believe. So then Thomas throws his hands up and says, well, then let's go to Judea and let's just die with Jesus. Like basically like, this is it, let's go. So they take off for Judea and they head to the little town inside of Judea called Bethany. And as they were coming into Bethany, Martha and Mary heard that Jesus was coming. So Martha went out while Mary stayed at the house. And Martha got to Jesus and she fell down in front of him and she said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, if you say the words, well, then maybe. And then Jesus says, well, your brother's going to rise again. And she's like, well, I, I know he's going to rise again at the last day. But, and he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will never die. Martha, do you believe that? And then after some time, he said, go get your sister. So Martha went back into Bethany, back to their house and went to Mary and said, hey, Mary, the teacher wants you. I can just imagine that moment. The, 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 the teacher wants you. So Mary gets up and all the people who are with her got up as well. And she went out to where Jesus was and she fell down at his feet and she said the exact same thing. If you would have been here, my brother would not have died. And Mary, excuse me, and Jesus looked at her and with anger and anguish, now, sidebar, when I say anger, I'll talk about this later, but that doesn't mean anger towards her. It means angry at the situation, angry at death, angry at sin, that he was in angered and in anguish so he wept with her. And then he said, Mary, show me where you've laid the body. So they get up and they go into, into town and they find this tomb where a stone had been laid over the tomb. And, and Jesus looks at it and says, okay, roll away the stone. To that, Martha's like, whoa, whoa, nope, nope, time out. You cannot roll away the stone. There's an odor by now. He's been in there four days. It's almost as if Martha's going, um, if you would have come earlier, maybe, but four days, Jesus, four days. He's been in the tomb, it'll smell. And let's just admit that right now. Again, sidebar from the story, like four days, you've been there, haven't you? Roadkill, refrigerator goes out and you find something. Like, like imagine, that's what Martha understands. She's like, no, four days he's been in the tomb. There'll be a terrible odor. And Jesus says, I don't care. Roll away the stone. So they move away the stone. And then Jesus looks up at the heaven. And he says, Father, I'm asking you of this. And I know you hear me, but I'm only saying that so that they understand, because I already know. Answer my prayer. And then he looks back at the tomb. And he says, Lazarus. Come forth. And imagine the moment. 
Can you imagine the moment? Like all the people gathered around, all the people freaking out, all the people worried, and Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And it might have only been a split second, but I bet that second felt like eternity. And then all of a sudden, you hear the rumbling from the inside. All of a sudden, you, you hear the moving of rocks. All of a sudden, maybe you, you hear the, the, the patter of some footprints hobbling out. And then from the darkness to the light, Lazarus appears. And Jesus, with one final statement, says, take off the grave clothes, for you're alive. That, that's the story. That's the story that we'll read about this week in Quest. That's a story for you today. And, and you might hear that and go, great, Josh, good story, because I really believe that's all it is. Because you might, you might come from a, a place right now where, where you don't feel like, like that can be real. Like good story in the Bible, but, but is there any chance that that is real at all? And, and I would say over the testimony of time, over the history of the documents, what we've seen from eyewitnesses accounts, it's a real story that, that really happened that still applies to us today. Because the flip side of it, you might say, great, great story, but then how does this matter in my life today if I'm still looking for a miracle? And, and what I would say is what I'm gonna do is I'm, I'm just gonna pull three little points out of the story. Now, honestly, I could probably talk about this story for the next four weeks, okay? I, I could go on all day, but I won't. I'll go on for about 20 minutes. Three little things that I think we can find today. That, and, and three things that they're connected, but for you it might be individual. Because the miracle that you might need today is you might say, I just need Jesus to come into my life. I just need to know that he's, that he's here. And in the story, you'll see that Jesus comes. Maybe for you, you're like, I need to know if Jesus really cares about me. And in this story, you see that Jesus cares. Or you might be saying, I need to know if there's any hope of life. And in this story, you'll see that he calls. So, so let me just pick those apart real simple. And again, I don't know which one uh, that, that maybe God has for you today, but I believe he's got at least one of these aspects for you. And maybe for you, you just need to know that Jesus comes. And that's what we see, is that Jesus shows up. Well, how does he show up? He shows up because Mary and Martha said a word. Uh, let's go back to the scripture. The scripture reads like this. It says, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is sick, is very sick. That, that the two sisters sent word. It would have been real easy for them in that moment. It would have been real easy for them to, 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 to go, I, we don't know what to do. But what they did is they said, we need a miracle. And for us to get a miracle, we've got to send word to Jesus. So the first thing I would say is this, that if you want Jesus to come into your situation, if you need Jesus to hear you, then send word. If you need a miracle in your life, then it starts with prayer. 
And I don't know if you've caught this, but for those of you who have been here for six straight weeks, every week at some point during the sermon, we've said, you need to spend time praying about it. Why is that? Like, like, can a miracle only happen? Can Jesus only come if I ask him? No. I mean, like Jesus already knew that he was sick. I mean, think about this. It wasn't like they showed up and said, dude, Lazarus is sick. And he didn't go, oh, really? Right? Like, like, he, like he knows. So why do we have to ask him? Why do we have to spend time asking him to intervene? And the reason why is because prayer changes us. Like, like let's make sure we catch that. Like when we pray that we do connect with Jesus and we do acknowledge him and Jesus does become aware of our heart's desires even more so that there's this intimacy that happens. But I think even probably more than that, prayer changes us because it aligns us more with him. And and here's an interesting thing. When you pray, it will change the way you think. It'll change the way you think. And I don't just mean like emotionally. I just don't mean like it'll change the way you think about a situation. I mean physically it changes the way you think. There was a study done uh, several years ago now where they did a brain scan of people um, in this experiment. They did a brain scan of people and then they had them pray for 12 minutes a day for eight straight weeks. And then they did another brain scan at the end. And what they found is that people who pray, it actually reworks your brain patterns. So when we say, if you pray, it'll change the way you think, I literally mean that. I was talking to a buddy of mine uh, this week. We meet about every two or three weeks and just talk scripture and life. And, and we were talking about the book that we both had read this from. And he said, so, well, if it's gonna change the way I think, what I've decided to do is I now set a, a timer that I set for 12 minutes and every morning I pray for 12 minutes. Because he and I, are, we're, we're both cut kind of the same way. We would love to dig into God's word, and then we would both journal. And then when it'd come prayer time, we'd start praying. For me, I'll start praying, and I'll get off in the right field. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll lose my train of thinking. Anybody with me? Good. I'm not alone. Thank you, okay? Like, like that was me. So I've always done little things. I thought, well, I'm going to try this. So literally now, for the last two and a half weeks, in the morning, when I get done reading and journaling, when it's time for my prayer, I actually set a timer on my phone and I don't move for 12 minutes. And all I do is pray. And if you know anything about me, the fact that I'm not moving for 12 minutes, that's a miracle in itself. God is showing up. But it's changing the way I think. Because when you pray, the peace, the presence, all of that of Jesus comes in. So what would it look like if we said, you know what? I'm gonna pause. 
young adults, teenagers. That I know you guys say all the time, man, I'm so busy, I'm so rushed, I need some rest. It's always hurry, 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 hurry. What would it look like if, I, if you just said, for 12 minutes, I'm gonna sit and pray? It might just rework your brain on some things. So send word to Jesus and then wait. See, Mary and Martha, they sent word, but then they had to wait. They, they literally had to wait on him. For two days, Jesus didn't do anything. It was the fourth day by the time they, that, that he got there. So they had to wait. And it had been real easy for, for them to be like, well, Jesus has denied us. Andrew Sally, who's one of our pastors on staff, he said it this way this week. He said that Jesus' delay doesn't mean his denial. That his delay doesn't mean his denial. That we have to understand, sometimes God's timing is not our timing, right? And we want it our way. I want it my way, and my way is right now. Anybody with me? You're like, I ain't raising my hand on that one. (laughs) But that's how we are. Like, we want a microwave-type situation a microwave solution, but sometimes it takes a pressure cooker situation that Jesus steps into. And we have to go off his timing. And I think that's the reason I think Psalm 40 is so good. 46 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. That that this idea of be still, one, it does mean be still, but more than that, it means quit trying to be God. Know that I am God. Quit trying to be God. Let me be God. Let me do what I've said I'm going to do. So wait patiently. The psalmist also said, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. That, that what the psalmist there is saying is you got to wait and then worship. See, see, if Jesus is going to get the glory for a miracle, and as he said with Lazarus, this has happened so that I can get the glory, for a lot of us, we're like, well, Jesus, I'll worship and I'll give you the glory once the miracle has happened. What would it look like if we gave God the glory in the midst of the wait? And we worshiped him right there in the middle of it. Because he will come. He might just not come exactly how you expect him to or when you expect him to. But he will come. And maybe that's what you need to hear today. Maybe that's all you need to hear is that Jesus is not gonna abandon you. He's gonna come. But, 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 maybe, but maybe what you need to hear is not that. Maybe what you need to hear is that he cares. That, that he cares for you. That he cares for you in the midst of your struggle and in the midst of your grief. Again, let's make sure we go back to Martha. I love the way it says it. It's, it's um, back to the, the book of John. It says, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. 
I'll get to that in a second. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Like, like Jesus, if only you would have been here. Well, like, that's kind of a statement, but you know that statement is made with a questioning. Think about it. She could, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. In essence, she's saying, where were you? Where were you in the midst of my pain? Where were you when my family needed you? Where were you when we had a problem going on? Why didn't you hear my request? Why didn't you show up? Why didn't you do this? And, and why didn't you do that? That, that? that Martha is asking a genuine question. Just curious. Anybody else ever ask God those kind of questions? I know I have. Those are real questions. And it's okay to ask. I love what you see here in the scripture. Jesus doesn't rebuke her. Jesus doesn't say, how dare you ask me that question? Do you not know what I've been doing? Do you not know what I'm up to? Like Jesus doesn't rebuke her. And the reason why is Jesus is a safe person to take your questions to. And church is a safe place to ask them. You might be here right now and go, I, mean, I got some questions. Jesus is a safe person to take them to. Church is a safe place to ask them. And you can ask and he might answer. But if he does, be prepared that his answer might confuse you. Because that's what happened to, to Martha. Martha's like, Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus' is like, well, he's gonna rise again. And, and Martha was like, well, I know he's gonna rise again, but that's on the last day. What I want, Jesus, is right now. You see what I'm saying? Like his answer confused her. And if Jesus answered all of our questions, if Jesus answered all of my questions, I would sit there afterwards and go like, right? I'd be so confused. Because I go, okay, wait, never mind. <laughs> Jesus answered her question. Yeah, he's going to rise again. Well, I know at the last day, but I want him now. And he said, do you believe? And I imagine he let her sit with that for a while. And he said, now go get your sister. So she goes back to Mary and is like, Mary, the teacher's calling for you. Ever been called to the principal's office? I know I have <laughs> many times. I live with a principal. I'm called to the office all the time. But anyway, that Jesus said, send Mary. And I, I don't know why Mary was still at the house. I, I always wonder that. Like, like, was she mad at Jesus? I'm not going. I was going to stay here. What, was, was she just distraught and was like, I, I, I can't, I can't. I can't get to Jesus right now. I just, I'm too distraught. What, was, she, was she serving the other people and taking care of all the other people? I don't think so because of what we find out about later in life. One way or another, though, she leaves and she goes to Jesus. And when she gets to Jesus, she says the same thing. Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her, he wept. 
in anger over death, in anger over sin, over the situation. Not her sin, but sin, meaning sin causes death, and death causes the absence of life. That Jesus was angered over that. He was in anguish over that. And he saw her weeping and his heart broke for her. And it says in John chapter 11, verse 35, so Jesus wept. And as he wept, it says that the people all around said, look how much he loves them. I want you to hear that. Because you're here right now and you might have questions. Know that Jesus loves you. You might be here with some just emotional heartache that because of something that happened to you, maybe because of a loss of a loved one, maybe because of some medical things going on, maybe because of a family issue going on, whatever it is, you might just be in an emotional hardship. Know that Jesus loves you. He gets down on your eye level and he weeps with you because he cares. And maybe that's what you need to hear today. Maybe you need to hear Jesus cares for you. Maybe you need to hear Jesus comes to you. Or as we go into this time of response, let me hit the third one. And that's Jesus calls to you. And this one might be a little bit different because you might be sitting there and going, well, I, I don't really identify with Mary or Martha. Or maybe you're, you're over here and you're just like, well, I don't know if he'll come because I've messed up so much that I don't know if he even cares. Maybe you're over here a little bit more like Lazarus. And then you just feel like, man, I'm at the end of my rope. I'm at the end of my life. I've got death and decay and disgust all around me. And that there's no way that Jesus will come to me. There's no way he'll care about me. There's no way he can even call me because I am so separated from him. Go back to the story. That Lazarus was in the tomb for four days. There was an odor going on. They said, we can't because of the odor. They were saying that he's in the darkness, he's in the dampness, he's in death, he's in decay. We can't roll away the stone. And Jesus says, nope, that's not what I asked. Roll away the stone. Because what Jesus is saying is that decay, that disgust, that darkness, that dampness and death can't keep you away from him. He can't keep you away from him. That you might think, well, because of my situation, because of what's happened, because of what I've done, I, I, I live with disgust. I live in the darkness. What Jesus sees is somebody that he wants to call. Because he won't let that darkness, that disgust, that death, that decay keep you from him. So he calls you. And he calls you, now notice what he does. He calls you from the dark to the light. That, that, that what Jesus is gonna do is he's gonna call you from the dark to the light. That Lazarus was in the dark and he said, I wanna call you to the light. I want you to go from darkness and death to the light and to life. So Lazarus come out of that cave. 
And again, you, you picture that, that all of a sudden you, you hear the noise and then they see this guy wrapped in grave clothes, like mummy clothes, peeking through the darkness and coming into the light. What Jesus is doing is he was calling Lazarus to the light and to himself. See, Jesus could have easily ran into the darkness. And there's scriptures that tell us that, that he's willing to do that. But I think in this instance, he's trying to show us something. That he wants to take us from the dark to the light by calling us to himself. And that might be where you're at right now. That you, you might hear the voice of Jesus saying, come to me. Leave the darkness and come into the light and come to me. Come to Jesus. And then he gives one last thing. And the last thing he says is, take off the grave clothes. I mean, think about this. That, that this, this guy wrapped in these, these bandages is out there and Jesus is looking at him and everybody's freaking out. And he says, take off the grave clothes. There's a newness of life. He is a new creation. Unwrap the clothes, set him free. Because as long as he is wrapped, he was walking around like this. But Jesus is like, no, he needs to have his legs free and his arms free because that boy is ready to dance. He is ready to move, and he is ready for the newness of life. And, and I can't help but think about the rest of Lazarus' life. You ever thought about that? Like eventually he would die again. But, but think about from that point on the rest of his life. Have you ever thought about this? Think about it from this angle, that, that, that when we hear people have a near-death experiences, what do we always say? Tell me about the death. Like I can picture people going to Lazarus going, hey, Tell me about what it was like to be dead. And I picture Lazarus going, no, I don't want to tell you what it was like being dead. Let me tell you what it's like being alive. Let me tell you what it's like being alive. Because dead, well, dead is dead. But alive, oh, that's life. And I believe there's some of us in the room today. That's exactly what we need to do. Is we need to go from death to life. We need to go from death to life in this moment. So if you're here and maybe you've never surrendered to Jesus, come out of the grave. Just come out of the grave today. Just come out of the grave right now. And just go to Jesus. Hear what he has to say and just go to Jesus. The band's gonna start playing in just a second. And, and as they do, you're gonna have an opportunity just to go to Jesus. And you might, might go, I, I don't know how to do that. Well, while we're singing, just sing. While people are taking communion, just take communion. Communion is a piece of bread and a cup of juice and it reminds us of Jesus' life and death upon the cross. And for you today, you might be sitting there going, man, I've been in the grave. I'm ready to come out. Come up and take communion. Maybe what you wanna do is you need to pray with somebody because you're like, I, I, I wanna respond to this call of Jesus, but I don't know exactly how. Well, there's people that wanna pray with you about it. We have people in our prayer corner. We have people in our connect corner. They're both standing there right now. They'd love to pray with you about that because they wanna see you 
come out of that grave. They want to see Satan defeated. They want to see the enemy knocked down. And they want to see you come to a newness of life. And maybe that's by taking a step of baptism. Nobody's got baptized yet today. That typically doesn't ever happen at the rock. Usually sometime during the weekend, somebody has, nobody has today. I don't know if anybody signed up today, but maybe you're like, you know what? I'm coming out of the grave. I'm going, I'm getting a new look going on and I'm getting baptized today. Lois is standing over there. She'd love to greet you. And maybe for you, you're just like, man, I just, I need to know that I matter. Like I know Jesus has called me to himself, but, but I'm struggling right now just because of some hardship and some heartache. There's people in the uh, connect corner and people in the prayer corner that would love to pray with you about that. What would it look like to walk in the newness of life? He comes, he calls, he cares. So, so let's answer his call. Let's receive his care. And listen, we don't have to ask him to come because he's already here. He's already here. So why don't you stand up with me right now and let's just go to him right now and let's let Jesus move and do a miracle in our midst.